This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. everybody. Good to see you this morning. God bless you. We're glad that you're here today. What a fun song we just heard, huh? Wasn't that great? Yeah. Thank you, worship team. They do such a wonderful job week in and week out, and we're just so very, very grateful for it. And uh, uh, we're grateful that you're here as well. God bless you for coming. Now, in the announcements, we talked about a couple of things that are upcoming. One of those is next Saturday is Christmas Eve, and we will be having our Christmas Eve service like we usually do. We've moved it up one hour because it's on Saturday instead of uh, during the weekday. And so people are primarily off work on that day and so forth. So we moved it up to 4 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock. So if you can kind of keep that in mind, we usually do it at 5, but we moved it up to what time? 4 o'clock. That's 4 o'clock p.m., not 4 a.m., you know, just for some of you who get confused. And um, so anyway, that, that's forthcoming. It's going to be a great time. It's a one-hour service. In fact, usually it doesn't take even quite an hour. And uh, it's just a great time of us uh, worshiping the Lord on Christmas Eve. And then I can't think of a better place to be on Christmas Sunday than in church. I was talking with a ministry leader here in the city um, this past week. Well, it was Greg Johnson with uh, Staying Together, and he connects with a lot of ministries and pastors and so forth. And he told, he told me that us and, and one other church that he's aware of, and that doesn't mean he, he knows what every church is doing, but he just said, Life Church and one other church are the only churches that he knows that are offering services on Christmas Sunday morning. The rest of them have canceled. I said, you're kidding me. So here's the deal. If you've got a friend who goes to a different church and they have canceled their services, I'm serious. You invite them to come to Life Church on that Sunday morning. We are going to have a great, great Sunday morning of Christmas. And I can't think of a better place to be than right here worshiping God on Christmas Sunday morning. We're going to have a great time, 9.30 and 11, just like regular. So uh, come and be a part, and I think you'll be greatly blessed if you're in town. And if you're not in town, you should be, and you should be here. (laughs) I don't know. So change your plans and be here. (laughs) Yeah. All right, pull out your notes for today's message if you'd like to do that. And um, we're in this uh, series that we've called Surprise Packages. Uh, 
you know, we all love surprise packages. So today we are going to revisit the Christmas story and, and see what surprise package of truth that God has for us out of the uh, Christmas story. And this is one of the truths that comes out of the Christmas story. It's, it's kind of the subtitle here, when a hard word is heard. What do we do when a hard word is heard? You know, it, it would be great if all surprise packages were always good, were always fun, were always encouraging and uplifting and everything, but sometimes the surprise that you hear can rock your faith. It, may, it might be a report from the doctor. It, it might be a, a layoff at work that you certainly weren't expecting. It might be a call from the police some night telling you that your son or your daughter has been picked up shoplifting. It may be a divorce, divorce papers that are handed to you from someone who promised to love and to cherish till death do us part. It can be so many different things that come your way in the world, that we face in the world. So many different words. Some of them are not encouraging. Some of them are hard words. And it's especially difficult when you get a hard word during the Christmas time. Last week, um, one of our men came to talk with me after the service, and he said, I need some prayer. And I said, what's going on? He, he says, I just have to tell you, I've been laid off from work just this week. I didn't see it coming. I had no idea this was going to happen. I thought everything was fine. And my boss comes up, and he lays me off immediately, totally unexpectedly. How would you like to hear that, you know, right at Christmas time? You know, you're losing your job just a week before or two weeks before Christmas. My heart just really went out to him, and, and we prayed together. And I asked God to open up new doors of opportunity that would give him something better than what he had previously. And I want to tell you, I was so impressed by his faith. So I was encouraged by him as we were sharing together the faith that this man had of what God was going to do in his life. But hard words, you've lost your job. Last week, one of our families experienced the loss of, of one of their loved ones as the patriarch of the family stepped into heaven. And now the family is having to deal with the loss of a loved one. It's especially hard during the Christmas season or the holiday season because every time it rolls around, it reminds you of the loss of your loved one. That happened this last week. And last week we learned of an 11-month-old little baby who has been diagnosed with stage 4 liver cancer. And, and the family has requested prayer from our church. And we are uplifting this little child in prayer, but the prognosis is so hard. Unless there's an intervention of the power of God into that child's life, there's really no hope. So what do you do when you hear a hard word? Whether it's during the Christmas season or any other time of the year, what do you do when a hard word is heard? I think of the Christmas story because the story story of Christmas offers us some, some real insight because tucked into the, the details of this story is a hard word that was given to two particular people, 
a man by the name of Joseph who's finding out that the girl he's engaged to is pregnant before their wedding. And then secondly, a young Jewish girl by the name of of Mary, who is a virgin, who is pure in her life, but she's finding out that God has chosen her to be the mother of his Messiah. To feel their emotions today, I want us to take a look at two portions of scriptures Uh, One giving us uh, insight into the hard word that Joseph heard, and the other giving us insight into the hard word that Mary heard. For Joseph's hard word, it's found in Matthew chapter 1. We'll begin with verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, it's interesting that in other translations, they, they will say he decided to divorce her quietly. Why would they use the word divorce? Uh, it's because at, at this particular time, engagement was considered as binding as was marriage, except for the fact that husband and wife or uh, the engaged couple did not live together. When they were officially married, then the marriage was consummated. But at, at this point, it was not consummated, but still it was considered legally as binding as a marriage. And that's why some of the translations you'll read, it'll say he decided to divorce her. The New Living Translation puts it in language that helps us in our culture today to understand maybe a little bit clearer what was taking place. And so they use these words, engagement, to break off the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, the hard word given to Mary is recorded over in Luke. We'll begin with verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, how can this be? How can this happen? For I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God for nothing is impossible with God. Now, out of these two portions of Scripture, I see God giving us four things that we need, four ways we need to react when hard times come upon us. Four observations I would make about hard times and hard words in life. Number one, hard words are often unexpected. You don't know they're coming. They catch you off guard. 
Matthew 1.18, before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you got to figure that when Joseph woke up that particular morning, he figured it was going to be a, a very normal day for him. He had no idea what was coming. He had no idea how everything would change in his life. He got the news that this Jewish girl that he was engaged to was already pregnant. Luke 1.29 tells us about Mary's reaction, that she struggled with what she was hearing from the angel. In fact, that verse says that she was confused and disturbed. You can imagine. You talk about shock. You talk about an interruption of plans. You talk about having your life laid out and everything blowing up right in your face. For both of them, that's how hard words oftentimes are. They are usually unexpected. They are usually very difficult to accept. Mary seemed, from my perspective, to adjust to the news perhaps a little easier than Joseph did. I don't know, but it seems that way at least at first, which is saying something given the fact that she's the one who will carry the baby. But not only will she carry the Christ child, she's going to carry the stigma of an out-of-wedlock pregnancy. But in Luke chapter 1, verse number 38, she said to the angel who told her what God's plan was, she said, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. Now, to the Jewish people, I've already mentioned this to you, at, at this particular time, engagement was, was equivalent virtually to marriage, except that the couple did not live together. But even so, they were called husband and wife as an engaged couple. And it was at the end of this engagement period that then the, the marriage would be consummated. So if an engaged woman became pregnant, it was considered adultery. And adultery was grounds for death under Jewish law at this time. So this was very serious. And we all understand serious. If you've lived any length of time at all, you understand what serious is. I've gone through serious, you've gone through serious. If you have not gone through serious, you will. It's the way of life. Hard words are usually unexpected, are oftentimes faith-challenging, and are usually serious. The second observation I would make about hard words is that they require a word from God if you're going to stay in victory. You've got to hear from the Holy Spirit because only a word from God can counter a hard word that you hear out of life. Hard words can almost suck the faith right out of you, at least temporarily. And there's only one way to counter that. You've got to hear from God. You can come and talk to pastors. You can come and talk to other spiritual leaders. They hopefully will give some help. But ultimately, you have got to learn to hear from God. And that's what happened to both Mary and Joseph. God's word to, to Joseph is given to us in Matthew 1.20, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. He needed to hear that. 
because he had heard something devastating to him. His girl, his engaged wife, was was unfaithful to him. At least that's what it appeared at the point, at that moment. And he needed to hear from this angel from God, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her is, is not conceived from immoral reasons, but is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God's word to Mary in Luke 1.30 is, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, these were personal words. And I have to tell you, after having lived for Jesus for, for many, many, many years now, the only way I have found to receive a personal word from God is to get alone with him. You've got to learn to get alone with God. If you have never learned that discipline in your life, let me encourage you that you make 2017 a time to get into his word and to get into fellowship with God as you never have before because it's only as you learn to do that on a daily basis will you have the discipline it takes to hear God's word speak to you when you've heard the hard word in this life. It's when you're alone with Jesus, that's when his spirit can speak to you. It's when you're alone with him that his word starts coming alive to your heart, and to your spirit. It's only by the power of the spirit then that your soul can be quieted and at rest. And that's so vital because Isaiah 30, 15 tells us, in quietness and confidence, you are strong. That's how you handle hard words. You get alone with God and with his word and allow the word of God, the Bible, and the spirit of God to speak to your heart. And in that time, in that quietness, your confidence and strength will return, no matter what you've heard. It's only when you are quiet that you can hear from God. But what impresses me most about Joseph and Mary is the way that they reacted to the hard word they got. And that's my third observation. Hard words need a godly reaction. If you want to emerge out of a hard trial with your faith intact, you need to have a godly reaction. If not at first, you need to eventually transition to a godly reaction. But it won't be a natural thing because our natural reaction is often to do what? Fear and worry. Certainly has been my, my natural reaction through the years. And I, I somewhat thought that as I got older, I would get to the point that I would never worry or fear anymore. Guess what? That doesn't happen. It never goes away. There's a tendency to worry, a tendency to fear when you hear a hard word. And sometimes there's a tendency to question the love of God. Another thing about uh, hard words that I've observed is that they're often unfair. Um, Hard words aren't fair. You don't deserve, maybe, what somebody says to you. You don't deserve their criticism. It's a hard word. You, You don't deserve the way that they're treating you, the hard word that they use. You don't certainly deserve the disease that has invaded your body. And you don't deserve the love of your life walking out on you. 
but there it is. It's happened. It's happening. And it's at times like these that you've got to decide how you are going to come out of this trial. As a victor or as a victim? Are you hearing me? You've got to decide how you're going to come out of it. One thing I noticed in the, jo- in the story of Joseph and Mary is what the angel said to them when he gave them the hard word. He said to both of them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear may be your first reaction, but it doesn't have to be your final reaction. Hard words come in life. But for every fearful word, there's a word from God. Don't be afraid. You go to the doctor, and he says, you've got cancer. But inside, the Spirit of God says, don't you worry, don't you be afraid. Because I'm with you. I am still your healer. Your daughter is missing. The police are out looking. But inside your spirit, you hear the word, don't be afraid. God is watching over her. Your job's been terminated unexpectedly. But don't be afraid. God has a better one for you. Your home's been burglarized. Any of you been through that? I have. Your home has been burglarized, but don't be afraid. The Lord is watching over you, and he will restore what the locust has eaten. He will bring blessings back into your life. Your daddy has left you, and he's moved away, and he's walked out on the family, but don't be afraid, because mommy won't leave, and neither will Jesus. Mary, you're going to become pregnant out of wedlock. But don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Joseph, Mary is with child. But don't be afraid to take her as your wife. I was, I was reading a post on, on Facebook the, this past week. And, and I'll be honest, it, it irritated me. And so here I am talking about having a godly response, and I'm talking to you about how I was irritated. Probably not the most godly response. When I, when I read the post, I was very tempted to write back an emphatic and strong word. But one of the things I've learned about Facebook, and by the way, I'm hardly ever on there, but unfortunately, I was on this particular day when I saw this post. One of the things I've noticed through the years about Facebook is that when you put something on there, uh, it just opens you up to incredible attack. And and I don't even know why people bother sometimes. That's my opinion. So I decided better of it and decided not to respond back to what I feel was being shared erroneously. The the situation is just briefly, uh, a man that I have known several years ago or for the last several years, I should say, has, has been going through a really rough time in his life. And, and um, bottom line is he's kind of coming across on Facebook like, I'm the victim and everything's happened to me and I don't deserve any of this and so forth. But I happen to know that some of his choices have produced the outcome that he's experiencing right now. And I'm not saying that it, it, it's, it's only his fault, 
but certainly he bears responsibility for some of the choices that he has made and the outcome, the results of those choices. But here he is on Facebook, and he's talking, he's, he's demeaning people, and he's talking about how everybody has, has deserted him, uh, and, and how he's been left out there to fend for himself and all of this stuff, but, but I happen to know that that's not the whole story. I happen to know of many people who have extended love to him, who have extended encouragement, who have extended counsel, who have extended prayer to him during this very hard time. He is choosing to see only his pain and he's ignoring the compassion that's been extended to him by loving brothers in the Lord. Now, the difference between him and Joseph and Mary is that he has decided to play the victim. He has decided that he's going to let everybody know how they've, they've failed him, how they have let him down, and it's turning him into a bitter person. The calmness of Joseph, the calmness of Mary, is astounding to me personally. Both of them responded to this situation by working through their fear until they came to the place of faith once again. And so this becomes such a critical reaction. You, you have got to realize that it's how you respond to a hard word that will determine the final outcome of the hard word you hear. Mary and Joseph decided that they would submit to God's will. They would humble themselves and handle whatever came their way with faith in God's plan and God's provision for their lives. But this is what I want you to understand. That happens in the big issues of life because you've let it happen in the smaller thousand, hundred, whatever it is, daily issues of life that you've had to deal with. Victory doesn't automatically turn on when you hit a crisis. Faith doesn't automatically rise to the surface. Victory and faith over the big issues come only by deciding in the hundred little details of life that you're going to submit your life to God's will and let the hard knocks become stepping stones for growth and for victory in your life. When you have done that daily, then the big stuff comes and you can stand strong. If you want hard words to become a point of victory in your life, I'm going to tell you two things that are vital for, for that to happen. Number one, quit whining on Facebook. <laughs> I felt anointed when I put that in my notes. And number two, start working past your fear and start reacting in faith and in victory. Now, the, the fourth thing I want to share with you, it's an observation. Hard words have a purpose. Well, for Joseph and Mary, the hard word produced the Savior. <laughs> That's a pretty good purpose. The angel said to Moses, to Moses, to Joseph in Matthew 1, 21, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, I thank God every day for that verse. Thank you, Jesus. You saved me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Carrie shared a story with me this past week about a, a group of women who were studying the book of Malachi in a, in a kind of a women's Bible study gathering. 
And they came up to chapter 3 and verse number 3, and this verse is speaking of the Lord. And the verse says, and he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. Looks like our computer has crashed, huh? All right, so you'll just have to to listen to me. Um, Verse Malachi 3.3, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. That intrigued these women. What, you know, what's, what's involved in the process of purifying and refining silver? So one of the women decided that um, she would go out and visit a silversmith and find out what's involved in the process of, of uh, refining silver because it says here that that's what the Lord's going to do. He's going to refine, he, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he's not talking about silver, he's talking about us, he's talking about people, all right? So she says, what's involved in the, in the refining and purifying of silver? And so she went to the silversmith and, and watched him as he worked with the metal. And then he told her, I must sit and watch the furnace constantly, for if the time necessary for refining is exceeded in the slightest degree, the silver will be ruined. Think about that. The, the silversmith, through years of experience knows exactly how long the silver has to be in the fire. And if it's left in there too long, it ruins the silver. If you take it out too soon, all the dross hasn't, doesn't come to the surface. It's got to be in there exactly the right amount of time, or the silver, he said, will be injured. That's an interesting word, injured. It'll be ruined. And I thought to myself, what a lesson that teaches us about God and how he refines our lives. If, in fact, Malachi 3.3 is true, that, that God will sit as a refiner and a purifier of, the, of our hearts and of our lives, that's telling us about how he refines us. He may allow us to go through a furnace experience, and it may be very, very hard, but his eye is constantly on us to make sure that the fire doesn't injure us. Wow. What a truth. What a reality. And if you're going through that fire right now, you need to hear that. That God will not allow you to go through it any longer than is necessary because he will not allow it to injure you. And then the lady asked him one last question. How do you know when the process is finished? And he said, that's simple. When I can see my own image in the silver, the refining is complete. Wow. Just think about that. Are you getting it? When I can see my image reflected back in the silver, I know that the process is complete. The refining's done. God allows us to go through hard times so that we will become the image of Christ to the world. People will see a reflection of him in us. Not only will we reflect Christ back to God, but we will reflect Christ to others. When you hear a hard word, I just want to remind you that God has not left you. In fact, I will go so far to say as he's never been, he's never so close to you than he is when you're going through a really hard time. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. 
We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.